A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. You're with me, Jason Dacey, here on Money FM 89.3. I'm in the company of a fellow Australian, Paul Carr. He also hails from Sydney, but like me, he's been in Singapore for years. PaulCarrMedia.com. Good to see you, Paul. Good to be with you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look, I, I've been following your career, and I'm, I'm, as I mentioned off air, I travel a lot to India, and I'm working there, and I'm in my hotel room, or I'm in the gym, and I hear your voice, uh, you know, for CNN. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> You're following me around uh, Asia Pacific. I don't mind because you have such a good voice, but I mean, you do a couple of things. I know that you do voiceovers, mm. and you do media training. Um, tell us how it's all unfolded for you in recent times. Well, uh, I, I guess I've been in Singapore for 16 years and uh, I, like you, I'm a former journalist or you maybe mm-hmm. you're still uh, working as a journalist. Uh, now I help people talk to journalists. Uh, so I spend my days rehearsing and uh, preparing people for their media interviews. Uh, and I'm a bit like an aesthetics doctor, though. Nobody likes to admit that I've been, uh, you know, involved in making them feel or look pretty. Uh, so getting getting testimonials is a difficult thing because mm-hmm. everyone likes to present themselves as it's just them. Uh, but uh, fortunately for me, Jason, people are still scared of journalists' questions. So there's there's a market for somebody like me to rehearse people before they go on on TV or radio. And why do you think people are reluctant to admit that they're getting media training? Well, I guess everyone, you know, I guess it's a vanity thing. Uh, everybody likes to present themselves as this is just me. Nobody likes to admit that they haven't got it all together, I guess. Um, especially if they're a senior executive, a CEO, that, that, at that level. Um, so it can be difficult, like I said, to get a testimony. <laughs> so nobody likes to admit that I've been in the building. <laughs> well, the main thing is getting in the building. And yeah. I know that you're uh, working not just here in Singapore, but really regionally. Can you tell us about sure. that? Sure, sure. Uh, I've got an office in Malaysia as well. There's a lot of opportunities in, in Johor. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we go wherever the work is, uh, and the nature of companies now, as you would know, and uh, many of your listeners will know, is that m- people in positions of responsibility are head of Asia, PAC, Middle East, and they throw Africa in <laughs> just for the fun of it. So when I look at some people's business cards, I, I feel for them because they're, they're right across so many different areas. Uh, but the, the one common thing, the reason why people engage me is they're worried about going on radio, going on TV or, or doing a print uh, interview and worried about saying the wrong thing. And um, the, the more I do this work, I think it's actually easy to train people to handle difficult questions. The hardest part is getting them to be interesting, telling an interesting story, making it relevant for the people who are listening to them. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the hardest thing, I think. Yeah, 100%. We love hearing stories. I think that goes back to when we were kids, right? Yeah. And getting storybooks. I right. mean, I read to my nine-year-old daughter and she yeah. loves it. Right. Harry Potter or right. whether it's Neil Humphrey's latest book. So how do you get people to tell good stories and tell good anecdotes and know their audience, what's going to really connect with them? Because you tell a story to you or me, it might not connect with someone from mm. Malaysia or Indonesia. Yeah, well, that's the trick, I think, is making it relevant to the teenage girl in Mumbai and making it relevant to the, to the retiree on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. In, in mm. Queensland. Mm. Whatever the story is, whatever the technology is, whatever the, the new innovation is, make it relevant for the people rather than talking about it from, from the company point of view, talking about it from uh, you know, what you think the boss will be interested in. Make it relevant for the people who are listening. With Paul Carr from Paul 
carmedia.com. So how does the process begin? Oh, usually somebody in HR or somebody in Marcom uh, recognises that their boss needs a bit of help, uh, so they contact me. Uh, and then it's a basically a process of trust. Uh, the, the sooner I can develop a, a rapport with, with the CEO, we, we sit down with them, with the TV crew, and uh, we first of all start off getting them telling us about, you know, everyday things. Tell us about what, you, what was your most favourite meal recently? Have you had any holidays? Let's just have a, a real conversation about real things, that, you know, not work yet, and play that back to them. Let them see them when they're being themselves. And then we want them to be like that, except we're talking about the, the key message or the work message. Uh, because often people will be themselves when they're talking about food or travel or whatever. But then when you give them their key message for work, then they become stiff and wooden and, and the company spokesperson. So finding the, the art of it is to get them to find the fine line between being themselves with the company message. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I've heard that when you, if you're ever kidnapped, you should always talk to the kidnappers about something that makes them feel happy, like their, their family or <laughs> right. food. Right. <laughs> it sounds like a similar approach. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, and just getting... Uh, most people don't believe, and, and this is part of the invitation I give to my clients, uh, trust that the real you is going to be more than enough. Don't be, a, don't be a spokesperson. Don't play the role. Don't, don't put something on. Just be yourself with the company message. And if you are yourself with the company message, then we're more likely to connect with you when we watch you at home. Because we're at home, remember, watching you in our shorts and T-shirt on the couch. We're relaxed and, you know, easygoing. Uh, so the more real you are, the more you trust that the real you is more than enough. Uh, the more likely we are to connect and, and to believe you. So what else do you do after that once they start to trust you a bit more and they kind of talk from their real self rather than what they think you want to see? Mm. Uh, get them to summarise their message in one sentence, rewrite it using different words but say the same thing, and then uh, summarise it in one word. Not as easy as you think, is it? It's not. It's actually the most challenging thing I invite them to do. Because a lot of them have got so much information in their minds, so much to draw upon. How do they decide what to, to communicate? And, and as you'd know as a journalist, that's what we do. We, we summarise things down into – without dumbing it down, we summarise it so that we can – you know, our, our readers, our listeners, our viewers can comprehend what we're trying to communicate. So the art of summarising things is, is, a, is a good thing for people to do. Well, like you, I've been a journalist for you know decades, and I, I think one of the things that I do well, and I'm sure you do it as well, is we get a good ang- – we know the angle. We know what's interesting from that right. angle. So the right. way we present a story or an idea, we can usually come up with something like a hook. Right. With, I mean, that's something we do in radio, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, but this is not always a natural thing for people, is it? No. And, and very often it's the thing they take for granted. The most interesting thing is the thing often that's right underneath their nose – uh, you're right about the angle. And, of course, when you're talking to the media, they're all usually interested in the extreme or the sensational or the unusual or the bizarre. Uh, and that's the thing for, very often for the CEO, for, for the company spokesperson, it's the thing they've forgotten about. 
and um, sometimes it takes a, somebody like me, an outsider, to, to listen to them, to hear it and to see it. Oh, my goodness, yes, that is the thing we need to focus on. We're speaking to Paul Carr from paulcarmedia.com, voiceover guy and also media trainer throughout Asia Pacific. You know, it's an extremely good point that you make, Paul, because when I used to be a, a sports reporter and I'd cover, do profiles on athletes, and usually they were quite boring when you spoke to them because they're so focused on their you know, training. But you speak to their friend or you speak to their sister or their brother or their mum right. and they will always come up with little nuggets that yeah. are much more interesting than what that athlete says. Right. So I'll say, did you know he can juggle or he, <laughs> she can play the violin backwards uh, you know, as she rides a bike? And, and, that, and they will never mention that. And that's your in, right? That, that, that becomes the way into to, to the story. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's almost like being a police interrogator where <laughs> you ask someone you know, questions about it and they, they give you the information and, and they say, well, I don't know anything. And then you start asking and they do know things. Of course they do. And they give you information and you and go, that's fantastic. That's a nugget. They go, oh, yeah. I didn't think it was any good. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. But I guess that's the perspective that, that you give. And, of course, yeah. I should point out that you used to be a, a journalist and broadcaster with ABC. The Australian Broadcasting yep. Corporation. I mean, how's that helped you today, having done that, you know, newsroom slog uh, back in your native uh, Australia? Mm, mm. Uh, well, the first thing that it teaches you is discipline. It's just the, the discipline of writing. And I don't understand the discipline or the science, rather, between your brain and your mouth. But working in a newsroom is a discipline. Uh, and... Uh, and the art of writing and condensing messages down into, into short, uh, succinct ideas, that's a real good skill to, to acquire. The other thing is to be able to, to listen to things and to be, comprehend it and then to retell it in your own words mm. so that other people comprehend it. Uh, that was the other skill that we had to learn because it was like a 24-hour news uh, room that I worked in and it was, you know, very competitive environment as well as you would Yeah, yeah, imagine. and the deadline just keeps coming and coming, doesn't Every it? Every 15 minutes <laughs> we were churning out bulletins um, and it's like a sausage factory. You're, <laughs> you're just churning out bulletins yeah. and, and rewriting it rather than the copy being the same hour after hour. Uh, the boss demanded that we rewrote three versions for every story to keep it sounding fresh all the time. So uh, that, that craft of writing, I think, is, is the thing that I help my clients, uh, you know, work on so that their messages too are sounding fresh because a lot of let's be honest a lot of the time people are talking to me about things we've heard before mm-hmm. so the art of it is to rewrite it or to to make it sound fresh even though it's an annual event or something that happens quite regularly well you have one of the most famous voices in asia pacific uh, does that help <laughs> when you are working with uh, clients and trying to make them sound better i'm very lucky uh when I was working at the ABC newsroom, my boss took me aside and uh, not, on, not long after I'd started and he said, you're a good kid, uh, but we can't have you talking <laughs> like that when you're talking about mass graves in Kosovo. <laughs> and he, he made me go and take voice lessons. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. So I had to pay for them myself. Every Monday night, I'd go to this uh, voice teacher. Uh, he was the head uh, voice teacher at NIDA, the acting school in Sydney. Mm. And... He basically taught me to to use my voice more effectively, and and yes, now I'm I'm very lucky. I, I you know fifty percent of my income comes from voiceovers, and, and so I'd, anybody can change their voice. It's a bit like the people who have personal trainers in a gym. Mm. Same thing can be achieved with your voice. Um, with coaching people, yes, I think I use the same tone when I'm coaching people 
that palliative care nurses use in hospital. Ah, interesting. You know, giving people encouragement, nurturing them, encouraging them. That's that's what a palliative care doctor or nurse does when there's not much hope. Um, that that's the same tone. That's the same tone I sell Mercedes Benz with, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's also the same tone that works in coaching environments as well, just to to gain people's trust and to to nurture them and encourage them, like I said before, to be themselves. With Paul Carr from paulcarmedia.com with his famous voice, a media trainer. So people out there who are a bit insecure about their voices, like you were when you were in that ABC newsroom 20 years ago, what would you tell them about trying to improve it? Are there any easy steps that they can take? Well, (laughs) the first thing that I I had to learn to do was to breathe. I actually thought the teacher was a con man because I was paying for it myself. One hour lesson, 30 minutes we would breathe. And at the time I was a pretty good swimmer. I was doing squad training swimming. And he said, oh, Paul, your voice is so shallow. Or your breathing so shallow, Mm. rather. I thought he was a con man. I thought that can't (laughs) be right. But he was right because squad training is all about, you know, Mm. uh, quick breaths. Um, so that's the first thing. And the, the thing that people can change straight away is their tone. If you use the, the same tone you use when you stand at the end of a, a sick friend's hospital bed, you know, you go down to SGH this afternoon, you go to Tuntox Singh this afternoon, you go into an intensive care unit, what tone of voice do you use when you're talking to your sick friend? Of course, a soothing one, right? Right, the nurturing, caring mm, tone. Mm, mm. That's the voice that you know, sells expensive cars or chocolates or credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> or I hear in my gym in uh, India as uh, I go on the treadmill and I, I'm watching CNN and they, mm. there's Paul Carr. So what's ahead for you? Well, more of the same, really. I, I've had a really strong start. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of interest in, in media interview skills this year uh, and the regular clients who get me in a bit like a fire drill guy mm. uh, to do crisis management. Uh, and uh, fortunately for me, Jason, people still buy cars, so there's plenty of voiceover work around. <laughs> wow. Uh, so when it comes to getting like uh, refresher courses, you think it's important to keep having that happening if you have had media training before? Yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of people come back for like 90-minute top-ups or, or refreshes just to keep their hand in because like you would know, a bit like you know, you're doing radio, if you do it regularly, you get good at it. Uh, same thing with talking to journalists. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Now, we first connected on LinkedIn. How do people reach out to you, Paul? I think the easiest way is through through the website, uh, paulcarmedia.com. And final word of wisdom about media training and 2019. Well, just be yourself and tell them something that they don't know. Don't, don't, Don't repeat messages. Tell us something we haven't heard before in a soothing voice as if you're in hospital. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Uh, I can just keep listening to your voice for hour after hour after hour, and I'll be following you very closely uh, throughout 2019. Thanks very much, Jason.